Hello there, everyone. Welcome to Digital Nomad Mastery, the podcast and a video cast where we teach you how to make money while traveling the world. In the world, we're actually here in beautiful Haco in Costa Rica. Uh, we just got here a couple hours ago after exploring the national park, Manuel Antonio, and then from Haco, a farm stage tomorrow night, and then we're heading into San Jose, the capital, and then over to the Philippines uh, to spend some time with my wife's family. So make sure you follow us along on our Daddy Blogger World Tour at uh, daddyblogger.com. Pictures, videos, blog posts, social media, and of course, podcasts. And um, as we're traveling, we love interviewing fellow dads, fellow world travelers, fellow entrepreneurs, and we have an amazing dad on the show today, uh, David, who is a dad of a two and a half year old little guy, and he's a huge collector if you're watching the video version. Behind me, there's a man uh, in his man cave. Uh, so we're going to be finding out about his uh, passion for collectibles, his passion for fatherhood, passion for wrestling, passion for uh, uh, travel, and passion for digital media. So, and uh, David joining us from uh, Pittsburgh. Uh, so welcome to the show, David. How are you doing today, my friend? Hey, Ricky, I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be on your podcast. And uh, by the way, I'm here in uh, uh, a beach resort, Costa Rica. So apologies for the bad Wi-Fi. I know we might cut in and out. There might be a little bit of lag. But hey, life as a digital nomad means you're never going to have the perfect Wi-Fi. So apologies in advance for any Wi-Fi issues we might or will have. And, uh, why don't we get to know you a little bit better? If you want to share a little bit more about yourself and uh, share a little bit about your family, your business, your uh, your work and more. Uh, sure. Uh, my name is uh, David Fedor. I do uh, digital marketing uh, here in Western Pennsylvania, working with a, an auto group out here. Uh, so I do a lot of uh, social media work on, um, you know, the Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh, blogs, websites, maintaining and updating for uh, the 10 franchises uh, over the, over the auto group. So um, I ha handle a lot of those um, 10, um, 10 sets of social medias during the day. Uh, in my free time, um, like you mentioned at the top of the show, I have a two year, two and a half year old son. His name is Griffin. Uh, keeps my wife and I busy. Um, and after that, with my free time left, I, um, um, I'm really into the Pittsburgh wrestling scene, um, do Pittsburgh comedy. I'm a collector. So I have a lot of, um, wrestling figurines, wrestling action figures, uh, comic book, things like that. Um, so, and I just started a podcast. So that's how I met you, Ricky. Um, so I, I, I keep myself in interested in a, in a lot of things. So we, we could cover, we could cover that later. You don't have more gray hairs considering how much stuff you do. It's amazing. How'd you do it? How'd you do it? No gray hairs whatsoever. Uh, it's just, it's just falling out. So that's all right. <laughs> I am impressed. Uh, you know, the fact that you can handle all these things is uh, pretty incredible. Uh, so let's first cover uh, travel. We love covering travel. And right. Uh, maybe you can share some travels uh, either in the U.S. or beyond, and uh, then we'll get into the business side of things after that. Sure. Um, the the few travel stories that I have, uh, I've I've been to actually right over here. I always keep on my. Uh, uh, my desk over here. I, I always color in all the states. So I've been in on twenty in twenty six states. So it's not necessarily world traveling status. Uh, but in two thousand nine, I took a road trip with my dad uh, through the Midwest of um, 
of the United States and visited 13 states in seven days. So I was able to take a week off of work. Back then, I worked at a bank. Um, so I wanted to go see you know, the typical touristy things in the cities that I visit. And like a typical tourist, I wanted to eat the thing that was famous in that town. So we went to Chicago. I had to try Chicago style hot dogs and deep dish pizza. We went to Wisconsin. I had to eat cheese curds. And we went to, um, you know, we swung down through the middle of the States and we stopped at corn silos and I had to have corn. Uh, we had barbecue. We had a lot of barbecue when we went through the South because it was all, it was all great. Um, so that was, that was one of the things that I liked. Um, and like I said, we did the touristy stuff. So we visited Wrigley Field uh, in Louisville. We saw where they made bats. Uh, at St. Louis, we stopped to see the arch in, um, I should have written down. <laughs> uh, there were some plain states that we had to drive through that was a lot of, you know, scenery and highways. Um, so that was, that was probably, um, oh, Graceland. When we stopped in uh, Memphis, uh, that was really memorable because to me, um, I was, it was remarkable to me how small Graceland is because you hear stories about it. You know Elvis. You think of all this extravagance and you think it's enormous. It wasn't really enormous, but it was just tailor-made to Elvis's specifications. What impressed me was like how he made it, how he wanted it. Like it was gaudy and then shag carpet, but like in this shag carpet room, they recorded some of the awesomest music, you know, and uh, racquetball courts and, and spaces for horses and things like that, where it was his personality coming out. So that, that's what was cool to me about Graceland. Um, but yeah, I've, uh, that road trip in 2009 was, was probably one of my, one of my bigger travel moments. Um, and it was meaningful too, because less than a year later, uh, my father passed away. Um, he was only 65 and it was unexpected. So being able to look back at that time with him is, I, I can't, um, can't overstate how valuable that was. Yeah, you, you definitely took the plunge and you, you did that uh, travel journey and you made those uh, lasting memories uh, with your dad. So good on you for doing that amazing trip. It sounds incredible. It was, and it was a, a trip of endurance too. At the end of the week, uh, we'd spent a lot of time in cars and, and taking detours and seeing stuff on the sides of the road. So it, it was it was fun. Um, fun having it was because we had, we had a mission and we, we had to stay on schedule at points. Um, but it was fun. We got, we got to listen to a lot of music, talk a lot in the car and, and, uh, experience, experience a lot of new things. Sounds great. Uh, so I want to do, uh, you know, knock off all these things you're doing one by one, the digital marketing. And, mm -hmm. you know, a lot of us digital nomads were quite active in the digital marketing space. I'd love to hear about your experience in digital marketing. What kind of stuff are you doing? Uh, are you doing uh, or so SEO, uh, YouTube marketing? Uh, walk us through all the digital marketing uh, uh, platforms you guys are working on. Yeah, sure. Um, what, what we did, um, well, what I did, I, I worked in the finance industry for 10 years. 
I worked in sales at one of Pittsburgh's actually probably definitely Pittsburgh's largest bank. Uh, it's, it's actually, it's the fifth, I think one of the top five largest banks in, in the United States right now. Um, Oh, I'm not a banker by trade. I kind of stumbled into it and spent a decade. Um, so I, I'm passionate about all these other things and, and wanting to expand my horizons a little bit. So that's why about two years ago, I trans transitioned into uh, marketing. I had all this experience with my side jobs doing the social media and doing videos and doing uh, blogs and, and, and things like that. Um, so I'm within the past two years learning about marketing. So uh, with my position as a digital content creator, um, I'm working in or working at creating content to drive people to our website. With the auto industry, it's a little different than other industries because you're you're able to travel and and your um, product is your content that you're selling. The things that we're selling are actual physical cars. So we want to be able to create this great content to attract people to our websites and bring them in. But while they're there, we want to be able to convert that into sales. So there's a weird um, localization that we need to worry about to make sure that we're getting the right target audience and things like that. Um, with the, with the company I'm with now, um, we operate our department as if we were a media company within an auto group. So like I said before, we have 10 different brands. So that means we have 10 different websites, 10 different blogs, 10 different Facebook pages, 10 different Twitters, 10 different Instagrams, 10 different uh, YouTube channels. So what we need to do is we need to keep them separate because of compliance reasons with the auto industry, but at the same time have branded content that could sell to everything. So, um, when I joined, we started uh, fo focusing a lot on video content uh, with um, a couple different shows, kind of like um, kind of like the YouTube reviews or or car reviews. Like if you're watching a car show, uh, I ended up uh, began hosting a show called First Gear, and it would be a 20 minute video exploration of a car. The thing that we do different, um, a lot of websites and a lot of car review sites um, will have a car guy sit there and tell you all the stats and and talk real fast and 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 sell you the car that they're trained to sell you. I don't have a car industry background. I'm not a car salesman. So when I hosted these videos, I did them from a consumer standpoint. I looked at it as if I was exploring this car to sell or to, to purchase myself. And since I don't have the, the car education, I'm not a salesman, so I don't have to go through these trainings. I don't, um, I'm not selling these cars. I'm discovering things as I'm going along. So for the 20 minute program that we're watching, we're seeing me walk around and look at the exterior um, find out some of the bells and whistles of what's going on on the interior, pushing the buttons, checking the seats, how they move, uh, how you could get in and out. I'm a larger guy. I'm six foot three. So um, how much room is in the back seat? Um, how much room is in the trunk and things like that. So that 
show that that video or or however you want to call it we found really resonated with our viewers a lot of people who are shopping for a car don't care or you know things are important about you know stats and and specs and all the technical details and things like that um but sometimes seeing all the all the things demonstrated in in a not pushy sales way uh, was was really valuable to the to the viewer. So we noticed that our YouTube channels grew exponentially. Our our videos, you know, when they came out on a timely manner on a new new model or a new year vehicle, um, got a lot of lot of hits, a lot of downloads, and things like that. Uh, so we had a lot of success with reaching an audience. Um, and then. So that would be on YouTube. Uh, on Facebook, we would upload similar videos and things like that, but with Facebook advertising and and targeted uh, paid ads and paid campaigns, we we're able to keep that and and try to find those buyers in our market. Um, and then from there, you know, um, we had a couple other shows. Um, there was five favorite features where we just count, it's like a countdown list. Um, and then uh, our, we do other videos as well. There's a video, we have an in-house videographer, in-house photographer, in-house graphic design artist who put together all these other programs um, and all these shows with salesmen and, and things like that. So in terms of our industry, um, Right now with auto industry, the sales, it's pretty much still sales focused. Um, it's a lot of car salesmen um, are a little hesitant to get involved digitally. And in my opinion, if I was a car salesman and I want, I want you to think of my face as the face of this brand, I want to do all the car videos I can to get you in here. Um, and I think that's a lot of what we're trying to do and create with with the digital marketing that we're doing um yeah so it's it keeps keeps me busy keeps me employed uh, pays the bills some of them uh and uh and that's a lot of what we do Sounds great. Uh, thank you for elaborating on uh you know the digital marketing space you're in. Uh, so outside of this you're actually quite involved in the Pittsburgh scene and collectibles, the podcasting. Uh, let's hear wrestling because, you know, we're actually active uh, wrestling watchers. Yeah. Uh, we don't watch as WWE as much as I used to when I was a kid uh, back in the, uh, you know, Macho Man and Hulk Hogan days. Uh, but we have actually tra uh, traveled around South and Central America, and they have a whole different type of wrestling. In here, for example, we watch something. Um, it's called uh, Cholitas Wrestling, Cholitas. And Cholitas are actually the the market women who were wrestling superstars at night. So these Cholita women, uh, they, they, they're wearing their dresses and they're like flying off the, the ropes and it's uh, starring market women wrestling. We saw that in Bolivia. And then and we were in Mexico. We, are, of course, had to see Lucha Libre, uh, which we not to Libre, but we our kids loved it. They got to wear the little uh, masks and then they were cheering on their favorite Mexican wrestlers. So. Uh, tell us about wrestling. I don't think it says uh, Lucha 
Bray, but uh, tell us about Pittsburgh wrestling and what is your involvement in the wrestling scene locally? Sure. Um, well, I can't start off talking about Pittsburgh wrestling today and not mention that, unfortunately, um, the world has lost Bruno San Martino, the legendary wrestler uh, from Pittsburgh. He passed away today. Um, and he's um, the longest running WWF champion of all time. He held the belt for eight years. Um, he headlined Madison Square Garden 188 times, more than anybody in history. Uh, he was in Hall of Fames and, and, and just one of the biggest performers in American wrestling. Um, and he passed away at the age of 82 earlier today. Big, big, huge um, supporter. He still lived in Pittsburgh um, and, and, uh, and he'll be missed. Um, I work for a company and with a company called uh, the Keystone State Wrestling Alliance, the KSWA. And um, much like the studio wrestling era of the 1970s, uh, where it was strongman, black and white fighting, um, we have that same kind of old school mentality. Uh, it's 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 a lot of fun. It's about the characters. It's about the experience. It's about the audience, um, and it's affordable. You're not going to have to spend two hundred dollars to take a family of four to an event. Um, you could you could afford to get tickets. You could afford to get t-shirts. You could afford to get drunk at the two dollar PBRs uh, at the bars that we perform at. Um, so it, it's a lot. It's it's a lot of fun. Um, I started going to these shows ten years ago and uh, came in through a co uh, connection that I had with the comedy world because I was a performer. I ended up uh, getting trained and working as a referee for a number of years and um, wearing the little bow tie and, uh, and, and the blue short sleeve shirt. And, and I, um, I started and, and performed as a referee for a number of years. Uh, now I have more of a backstage role and I have a very good friend named Yinza, the Pittsburgh luchador, who performs regularly as a professional wrestler. We can talk more about him in a little bit. Um, but let me pull up a picture. He, um, it, the, the, the wrestling that you were just explaining and describing sounds ridiculously amazing. Um, and I would love to check it out. And that's one of the things. Um, so here is my good friend, Yinza, he um, he is he's Pittsburgh based. The Pittsburghers refer to themselves as Yinzers, um, so his name Yinza is a take on that. Um, so I'll get more into that. Tell me, I, I want to hear a little bit more about these. Uh, these shows that you're going to, because one of the things that I mentioned uh, in the podcast that uh, I just recorded with uh, with Joe called List Right Rank uh, was one of the places that I want to go is Mexico to see some Mexican wrestling um, because of the Lucha Libre and all of the history that's down there. Um, could, so yeah, where where should I go if 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 that's what I want to see? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, Mexico City has uh, two major arenas. Enough Mexico Arena, and 
it's cheap to see wrestlings, especially if you're up in the bleachers, the nosebleed section. Uh, you can see it for about five US dollars for into wow. the match. Ring slide is US dollars, so it's a steal. And uh, all of the Mexican wrestlers, uh, most of them at least wear masks. And then uh, uh, it's quite acrobatic in nature. Mm -hmm. A lot of acroba acrobatics from the top. And uh, uh, the, the good the good wrestlers and the bad wrestlers, I think uh, the the bad wrestlers, they unmask the good wrestler. It's basically embarrassing. Uh, you know, like, it's like uh, the, the most shameful thing you can do is unmask the Mexican wrestler. So yeah. it, it, it is quite fascinating. If you're going to Mexico, can see it at Mexico Arena, and uh, you can pretty much walk up to the arena and buy tickets on the day. And uh, you know, you can obviously wear uh, the mask to support your favorite wrestler. Five matches uh, each evening. You got the intro matches, some tag team, of course, some women's wrestling as well. Yeah. And then you have the uh, uh, to end the night. So it's a pretty cool uh, experience. Uh, so David, you're actually a huge uh, collector as well. I know you a lot of uh, wrestling figures as well. So let's get into your collectibles. Uh, it's quite fascinating to see all of them. I don't know if you want to pull out any from the shelves there, but let's hear about your collection. When did you start it? What are you collecting and why? What is the ultimate purpose? Are you going to sell them? Your son and inheritance? Or is it more just a pack project in the hobby? Sure. Um, yeah, as you can see behind me right here, I have a lot of the, um, the women WWE wrestlers on display. That's uh, kind of what I'm into as of right now. Um, I started collecting a long time ago, even when I was young. Uh, I kept all of, I, I still have all my GI Joes from that time. I have all my comic books. I have all my wrestler figures, the old LJN rubber ones um, that were from them. Um, I In the early 90s, when I started reading comic books, they the, there was a lot of gimmicks going on with fancy covers. Um, things came in poly bags. So if you cut open the bag to read the comic book, it wasn't worth much anymore. So you had to buy two so you could keep one in the bag so it'll be worth money one day. So that's probably what started me in saying, okay, I got to buy something and keep it in the container or in the box or in the bag so that it could be worth money someday. Um, so I know there's a lot of collectors who like collecting things and, and opening them and playing with them. And then a lot of people who like just having, having them on display. I have, um, as you can see, uh, a, a lot of them right there that, uh, that I haven't opened, but then there are some that I, that I do have open that I have laying around. So like the little Funko pop, um, Bailey, here or Doctor Who, um, um, the those those figures. Why I do it, I don't know. Um, I I have a video series that I do on a channel called Adventures and Stories and Stuff, um, where I talk to other collectors. Uh, I've talked to a guy who collects wrenches. I talked to a guy who collects um, um, the starting lineup figures, uh, hero clicks, the little, little things. Um, a guy who uh, collects, um, video games, trying to figure out what it is that make people need to collect things. Um, unfortunately in my mission 
to, to, to figure that out. I haven't solved anything and I haven't discovered anything about myself other than I'm a completist. I want to, I want to collect if there's 10 of something I need to have all 10 on the checklists, probably because of baseball cards. Now that I'm thinking about it out loud, they always had checklists on baseball cards. Um, so um, I have a lot of Spider-Man 2099 figures to my left. I have a lot of uh, British Bulldog things uh, right here. Um, and I want, I want to have every Spider-Man 2099 merchandise that has been made. Why? I don't know. I'm a, it's an addictive personality, I guess. Uh, um, I always like to say I'm 25% hoarder. Um, so it's, it's not to the point where, like if I was left unattended and, and, uh, it, it could, it would overtake me. I'd, I'd be on those shows where things would be falling off and, and falling on me. Um, I'm, awesome, awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I got, I'm on a loss. I don't even know how else to explain it other than my Amazon bill is uh, embarrassing. Uh, I love it because your son, uh, when he gets older, he's going to have all these things to play with. This is going to be the biggest, uh, uh, you know, quantum. you're going to actually let him play with them because I know uh, a lot of them are in cases, right? So yeah. uh, you want to keep in condition and you want to keep them uh, away from gummy, sticky, uh, you know, hands. So that's going to be the big, will you let them play with your collectibles? No, absolutely not. <laughs> he, he knows not to come in this room. Uh, I've been away for a, a couple like overnight trips. Um, and I've put a sign. He, he can't read the sign. It was more for myself just to put a sign on the door. that says Griffin, while I'm away, you are not allowed to enter this room. Um, when he comes in here, I have a few shelves over here that are lower that he could get to where some things are out of boxes and he always plays it and he throws them. And I'm sitting here like this, watching him and making sure that uh, he doesn't, he doesn't break the arm off of a snake eyes toy that I've had since 1984. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, I, you know, in a perfect world, I would profit from these, but right now I know they make, you know, a hundred thousand of these page figures that I bought for $17 at best, I'm going to sell it for $30 someday. But you know, for, for the time being, it could sit on that shelf and I could look at it and say, Hey, that's cool. Um, the things that, um, for collecting, um, they, they market towards collectors now, like these action figures. Um, there is one, where did it go? Um, like this He-Man figure right here. It's a brand new figure that was made in 2017, probably. Let me find a date. Um, there's no date on here, but it was made within this past year. Like, But it looks like an action figure from the 80s. It's art is that way the style is that way the cheesy action figure quality is that way um in the 80s i would buy a gi joe guy like this or another figure like this it would be three dollars this costs you know twelve dollars now the ones from when i was a kid are valuable and those are the ones that are selling for hundreds of dollars this will never be hundreds of dollars because it's mass produced and it looks like the ones that are worth the money 
why I had to have it because it's awesome. Look, it's a He-Man figure that looks like a 1980s GI Joe guy. Um, that's freaking cool. I can't help but you know spend the 12 bucks to get this. Um, 20 years from now, am I going to sell? Be able to sell it? No. Griffin will probably be, you know, complaining that he has to do something with all the dad's action figures, um, and and probably probably sell them for pennies on the dollar. We'll see what the future holds. I I remember having one of the He-Man dolls, and my He-Man was way more muscular than that one. Right. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yes, the, the the old school He-Man from the. Uh, I don't. I don't think he looks like that. The 2017, the the retro He-Man. So <laughs> I still remember that the good old boys. Uh, so uh, the last thing I want to cover here, these uh, particular subjects. But uh, you're also an avid podcaster, just like me, and you've recently launched a show, which I had uh, the honor of uh, being on as well. Uh, it's quite unique in the in the sense uh, any other podcast I've heard in the history of podcasts. Uh, so walk us through your 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 podcast show. Where did you guys come up with the idea? It's you, your buddy Joe. You guys are hosting together. Tell us about the conception of the show and the show itself. Sure. Um, thanks. The uh, the show's called List Rate Rank. Um, the way to describe it, I we each each week get a topic, and we research the topic separately, Joe and I, and come to the show with our own top five lists of the things in that topic. For instance, the top five dinosaurs, the top five best TV actors or actresses, uh, the top five planets, things like that. So, um, and then we go out and find an expert in that field, consult with that expert to rank our top five from best to worst or worst to best, however you want to rank them. Um, so Joe and I each have our own separate top five list. We rate them in score one top five list to then get ranked by our expert. Um, then we talk with our expert who brings their own top five list to the, um, to the show to basically school us and say, no, you guys got it pretty wrong. Here's how, and here's why, and here's what, uh, what the top fives are. So uh, Ricky, you were so kind as to be a recent guest on the top five reasons to travel. Uh, of course, he, Joe and I uh, had a lot of fun with some imaginative reasons to travel. Um, and, and you came on to talk about your story as well as um, giving our listeners better reasons maybe necessarily than what we came up with. Um, but it's a lot of fun because there's a theme in everything that I do is I want to learn as much as I can about as many things. I, when I talk with, like I mentioned before with the other video pro program I did, I want to learn about the guy who collects ranches. I want to learn about the guy who collects a starting lineup figures. I want to learn about the guy who's super into Pink Floyd. I want to learn about why uh, people should travel or what planets, like I learned about planets when I was a kid, but for the three days that I researched planets on Google and Wikipedia and, 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 and the internet, I learned so many fascinating things that I either forgot about or didn't know before. Um, so it's a way to, um, connect with other people who are passionate about things in a way that I couldn't before. Um, after talking with you, um, I, I really want to get out and, like I said, do a lot more traveling, see some of those bucket list things that I've 
said that I always maybe sell some of my action figures to, to afford to travel a little bit. Um, but yeah, that's, that's, that's the idea behind the show is to, is to, frame it in a way where it's a fun competition of ranking, but then also talking with somebody who's passionate about something that they do. And uh, I mentioned it is such a unique story, uh, you know, podcast format, uh, you know, you and your uh, co-host come up with the ideas and I had so much fun. I've been on as a guest and it's about uh, 37, 38 now. And I think uh, yours was actually the favorite just because it was so unique. All the other awesome. ones, questions, how long is your favorite place? Where are you going next? What are you in your bucket list? And yours was so out of the box and creative. So I want, uh, that's a, the big compliment. Uh, a unique show. Well, th thank you very much. That means a lot coming from another fellow podcaster. I know um, this is something Joe and I um, were talking about. Uh, I actually had the idea a couple years ago and, and, and had been sitting on it wanting to do it and never got a chance um, with, as you know, you have three kids that are all under five with a two and a half year old. I didn't have as much time over the past couple of years. So now that I'm getting to be able to get creative again and 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 get the creative juices flowing uh it's it's something that i'm having a lot of fun a lot of fun with so um yeah i i, I really appreciate those nice words thank you and yeah like no I said, worries yeah we're just launching so we're just it's getting our um a lot of a lot of our social media things are up but we haven't launched uh so it's not available for download yet it'll be available in a um in about a month probably in may we're going to launch uh so it's called list rate rank um you can find us on twitter instagram and facebook as of now awesome it goes live i'll actually have those so if you're watching and listening to this so uh, it might be live by that time uh so i want to throw a little spin here to conclude this show uh so Yes, I want to hear, as my show is all about travel and business, I want to hear, what are your top five bucket items before we die? The top five bucket lists you want to see with your wife, and let's hit it. Top five. All right. So, um, number five, I just mentioned uh, it'll be seeing a wrestling event in Mexico. I want to see a Lucha Libre event. Uh, maybe I'll go there with my friend Yinza and uh, we'll take in some Lucha Libre in Mexico City. Um, another one, also wrestling related. I'll try to get off the topic of wrestling here, um, but I want to go to WrestleMania with my son, Griffin. Uh, I have yet to be at a WrestleMania. Um, there's been, there have been 34 of them. Um, I've had opportunities to, but it, it's felt fallen through for you know one reason or another. Um, but now my son is starting to like watch and like he knows John Cena and he knows Bailey and things like that. So I think I could get him convinced to like wrestling enough. Uh, so when he's old enough to make the trip, uh, we'll, we'll go to a WrestleMania. I lied. Number three is also a wrestling related bucket list item. It's seeing a wrestling show in Madison Square Garden. I want to, I've, that's the Mecca. Bruno San Martino passed away today. Rest in peace. Um, he headlined that. That's hallowed ground. That is um, our U.S. equivalent of the Mexico Arena, Arena Mexico in uh, Mexico City. Um, two more. That was only three. Um, there is a. I'm haven't mentioned it yet, 
uh, within arm's reach. I could prove it, but I am an enormous Bee Gees fan. Um, so I have all their albums right here. <laughs> I have jigsaw puzzles um, from the 70s. I have Andy Gibb dolls. I have AM radio boxed collectibles. Um, so I'm a, I'm a huge Bee Gees fan. I have seen Barry Gibb in concert. I've never seen the Bee Gees themselves in concert. Uh, two of them have passed away. Um, so, but there is, so there would be so, something Bee Gees related that I would like to go to and do, whether that's go to um, maybe meet Barry Gibb. That would be cool if I could interview him at some point. Um, that would be awesome. But if not, there is a road in Australia where they dedicated, uh, there's a statue of the three of them, uh, from when they were young and when they lived in Australia and a, and a giant, uh, wall of all kinds of honor and things like that. Uh, it's a destination type thing. So I would like to go see the Bee Gees road in Australia. Ah, so that leaves one more thing. Let me look around the room. Oh, how about the? <laughs> this one's behind glass, so I'm not going to go take it, but I'm a big Highlander fan as well. So I would like to go to the Highlands of Scotland and uh, and see where Connor McLeod of the Clan McLeod uh, fought the Kurgan uh, in the bloody or the muddy fields of, of Scotland, or maybe where he buried his lovely wife, Heather. That's all I could come up with right now. You kind of put me on the spot. And by the way, I did not give any warning to David. I actually just made up the question on the spot. So there you go. Uh, it was a uh, uh, creative answers. There are the, the five things on the David's bucket list item. It's public out there. So David's going to complete them one at a time and we'll bring you back once he finished all five. Uh, so once again, uh, it was a. Uh, Lucha Libre in WrestleMania, uh, Madison Square Garden, MSG, uh, and then, uh, uh, of course, I've seen the Bee Gees. Uh, um, and then uh, number one is Highlands of Scotland, and maybe the Loch Ness Monster while you're there. So amazing bucket list items, and I look forward to see you. Tick them up one by one. Uh, so to end off the show, David, uh, why don't we get to where we can find you? you? We've talked a lot about different topics, everything from wrestling to collectibles uh, to uh, digital novel, uh, et cetera. So tell us about your website uh, and uh, podcast and uh, ways that people can connect with you and, uh, you know, stay in touch. Uh, sure, absolutely. My Twitter is at D-S-F-E-D-O-R, D-S-F-E-D-O-R. Um, uh, and then at list rate rank, at Yinzer Lucha, at, um, at all of those same things on Instagram. Uh, I'm also on Facebook as well. So um, yeah, definitely, definitely check me out. I could, I definitely appreciate it. Oh, and then I also uh, the YouTube channel is called Adventures and Stories and Stuff. Uh, it's at A D V S T S T. Um, and I do a lot of videos and, and um, talk about collections, talk about the Bee Gees, talk about wrestling, talk about Spider-Man 2099, kind of like I did embarrassingly this whole time too. Awesome. A lot of ways, a lot of ways for you to connect with David. A lot of those links below probably so you can click. Too many ways. Probably too many to ways. 
Yes, yeah, so there's never too many ways to connect. Uh, so uh, the, there's all those ways to connect. Uh, plus, of course, the podcast, uh, YouTube channel, and social media. So, thank you, my friend, David. It was great to connect again. And I look forward to catch up with you soon. And uh, good luck completing those bucket list items. Thank you for having me on, Ricky. I had an amazing time. Appreciate it. And it uh, looks like we hung in there with the Wi-Fi. Apologies if there were any hiccups or lags. But, uh, you know, I'm glad we hung in there. Hako right near the beach. The beach is literally just down the road there. Uh, so make sure you follow us along as well to get all the pictures, videos, updates uh, for our daddy blog. Come. Thanks for being with you guys in the next episode. Happy travels.